Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Highest Aspirations, an education podcast that focuses on topics related to English language learners and how we can make a greater impact. Highest Aspirations is brought to you by Elevation Education, your partner for ELL program management and instruction. My name is Steve Sophronis, and I am proud to be the host of Highest Aspirations. This episode is part of our special Look for the Helper series. Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers Neighborhood offered some relevant advice for navigating difficult times like these. He said, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. The ELL community is full of helpers, and we are proud to amplify their voices as we face the reality of long-term school closures as a result of the COVID-19 outbreak. We are committed to keeping you informed and inspired with resources to help you support your English learners. We are stronger together. So if you'd like to share your ideas, inspiration, or simply share your voice, our doors are always open. Just go to bit.ly slash ellhelper to learn more. That's bit.ly slash capital E, capital L, capital L, capital H, E-L-P-E-R. You'll find that link in our show notes as well. Rochelle Donovan, thank you so much for joining us on our Look for the Helper series as part of the Highest Aspirations podcast. Good morning, Steve. Thank you for having me here today. It is a pleasure to have you representing uh, Henderson County uh, in North Carolina. Tell us a little bit about your district um, and your role there. So um, my district is fairly rural. um, And my role here is uh, ESL teacher. Um, I work in a K-5 school. We have approximately 450 students with um, the Latino population is about 50% um, because we are a large agricultural community. Um, we, we have strawberries, uh, tomatoes, I believe is the largest um, crop, but then our apple, our apple orchards are very large too in part of the county. And we're famous for our um, uh, apple festival every September have people coming from all over the country (laughs) to that. Nice. Yeah. You know, you're, so we've spoken with a couple people, one in particular from a rural district in, uh, in New York, in rural New York. And, you know, a lot of people don't really think about um, English learner or immigrant or newcomer populations in those rural districts, but there certainly are, as you just said. Um, And there are definitely unique challenges in those um, rural districts uh, that that you represent. So what, what are some of those, sort of most prominent challenges that you're observing as we go into, I think it's week four now of, uh, of school closures. Yes. Um, well, first of all, I would like to clarify too, that we in Henderson County have between 40 and 50 different languages. Right. So it's not, you know, not just our Spanish speaking population, but, uh, so we do have, you know, a pretty large number of languages here. Um, so the, I guess the biggest, Issue, of course, is equity um, and being able to reach those students who do not have Internet and, or who do not have their own devices, um, because each school in our county has a um, you know, different number of devices per child you know, for the school system. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm just going to speak to my school. OK, Great. yeah, that's but, fine. <laughs> so for my school. Um, we started out the first two weeks with just giving Chromebooks to our third through fifth graders. 
that have Wi-Fi or whose parents could use hotspot on their cell phones, that sort of thing. Um, and then after the first two weeks, we regrouped and we were able to give more Chromebooks out to our um, K1 or K2 population um, if they had Wi-Fi or, uh, like I said, the hotspots. And um, and so our our school district is also trying to increase some of the the bandwidth so that parents can pull into the parking lot and use Wi-Fi if they do not have Wi-Fi at home. So that is one way that we're trying to reach, you know, those students that, that don't have Wi-Fi, um, so to speak. But, and then, you know, we have a lot of um, migrant students. We have, we actually got a, a large increase of students that Spanish is their second language. And so they're learning English as their third language. What's their first um, language? Well, it, it depends on which part of the country they came from. Uh, but there's a language, like I'm working with a student that's Zitzil, I believe uh -huh. is what it's called. So it's these indi indigenous languages. It's indigenous languages, exactly. And so no one else speaks those languages, you know. Yeah. And so that's a very big challenge. Our Actually, our migrant uh, office people are doing a lot to help um, deliver food to their homes and to be that go between for us. I'm in the process of recording some things that I'm going to put on a thumb drive so that then it can go home to the student. The, the, uh, the migrant um, office people are going to take that out to the student's home and because they deliver food every day and try to keep, you know, keep touch with them. And um, it's just it's sad and it's difficult. Yeah, I'd love to unpack a little bit of that because it sounds like despite a lot of the challenges that you're seeing, you're doing some great things. I mean, you, yeah. you started you know, answering this question with the equity issue, and, and that's something that's come up over and over again in these conversations. And I think this whole uh, crisis that we're dealing with is definitely shining a, a spotlight on a lot of the, um, the, the inequities that, are in, that we see in education and that as, as educators, we see probably every day, the general public doesn't. So maybe, you know, in terms of a silver lining, the fact that we're seeing these things and, and understanding that schools provide a lot more than, than just access to a high quality education. Um, that's great. But you know, it sounds like you, you've, you've sort of solved for the device situation by giving those K to two students uh, a device, but then you still have the Wi-Fi issue. So you, you opened up the school parking lots so that uh, people could come in and use whatever extended Wi-Fi was there, which I think is, is amazing. And then you started to talk about the, um, the migrant students and, you know, the Wi-Fi issue, even if students have a device and they don't have Wi-Fi, uh, that's a problem. So I'm really interested in that thumb drives idea. You're getting recordings and then giving those thumb drives to those, to the migrant office who will then disseminate them to those families so that they can access the information without Wi-Fi. Am I on the right track there? Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, that, so They're I've heard people work. talk about the mail and lots of other ways to do things, but that's mm -hmm. the, I haven't heard that before. It's a really novel way. Go ahead. Right, and I was going to say that we're actually in the process of doing that now. Um, our county was able to, you know, purchase with our migrant funds these um, thumb drives, and so I've been, you know, researching the internet, trying to download things that, you know, would be most beneficial for, you know, my my student that I'm working with and the, the other students I know that my director in the county office has been get you know just been doing lots of interpretation lots of um, getting lots of material ready we can 
print, we have Rosetta licenses for our students as well here in third through fifth grade and in uh, through 12th actually. And uh, but for my school, it's third through fifth. And so we've been printing a lot of the, the flashcards and activities that Rosetta Stone has right. so that they can continue those lessons with, you know, with the flashcards. And that's one of the things I am um, planning on recording for my student is, you know, um, screencasting. We, we're using um, Screencastify. I've been taking mm -hmm. a lot of tutorials online as well sure. through all of this, but uh, so that I can actually, he can hear the words because, you know, uh, being able to see that he's got the cards at home already. I've already sent them in a packet, but you know, he's not hearing how to say the words. Right. So um, my goal next is to get that ready for him. So and I, yeah, and there's a lot of that. Sorry for interrupting. There's a lot of that happening right now where, you know, schools are on the right track. They're sending packets home. They're using the mail to address this equity issue. I haven't heard anybody using thumb drives. That's a great idea. And I'm sure there are others doing it, but then it's still a matter of, okay, well, how do you get the students to improve their comprehension? you know, skills? How do you get them to speak? That becomes sort of the next layer of what this distance learning um, looks like. And it sounds like you're, that kind of partially addresses my next question, which is, um, what are you sort of preparing for now? What is your school preparing for? Um, and it sounds like you're preparing to, to do that. Is there anything else that, that you'd say, like looking down the line here and thinking, I don't know when you all are closed till, but I think everybody's looking at this as perhaps we'll be, you know, we'll be closed for the entire year. Uh, rest of the school year. And if that's the case, what other things are you sort of preparing for coming down the line here? Well, just from what we have been told, because I will say uh, my county, I am very, very blessed to be in the county that I'm in. Henderson County has been wonderful. Our leadership has daily been meeting. And then our principal has a daily staff meeting with us virtually at 10 o'clock every morning. And, um, and, you know, he's, he's keeping it light. He's having some little joke times, but then he tells us the, you know, um, the, the main mandates and he's very, the biggest thing was that, um, you know, we have grace that we're flexible, you know, that we try not to put too much on our parents. Um, so moving forward, I do know that we're going to go, I think even the like the first graders, they're all going to go um, to Chromebooks and doing Google Classroom versus doing uh, pen and paperwork mm -hmm. or pencil and paperwork. And except for those kids that, of course, that can't have it. Another thing that our county has done is they've written a grant to get these um, hotspot yep. thing, devices that they can give out to parents. So um, moving forward, we're going to be doing that. So, so we're doing less with the packets and instead of the parents coming in this time for packets, they're going to be mailed out after spring break. We, we actually have spring break next week and everybody's, everybody's counting down the days to, <laughs> to have that big rest. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It'll be good to kind of rest and recharge a little bit. Uh, and then it's, it's, it's kind of hard to have, to have sort of uh, work life barriers in the situation like this, but hopefully people will take advantage of that time to get some much much needed rest. You know, and I love it. The, th the, the three things that I think I took out of what you just said um, in terms of what your district is doing and what leadership is doing. I've heard the word grace more times, I think, during this situation than I have ever and as it relates to education. Um, flexible is another one, like got to be flexible. 
that's certainly the the stance that um, that we're taking as an organization at Elevation, and that I'm hearing schools taking as well. And I think that just allows us to get the work done in a way that that works for everybody individually, because everybody's circumstance is different, particularly the students and the families that we serve. And then the last thing that you brought up was communication. You mentioned that 10 a.m. meeting every morning. I don't know that everyone's doing that. Um, and I just think the simple act of of communication that we're here for you, that we're gonna we're gonna you know keep the lines of communication open in any way possible. That is so so crucially important. And it's maybe the simplest thing that you can do as sort of a a team or um, or a school building. Yes, exactly. And and it's fun. <laughs> it's kind of become a joke. You know, so we do the grid. Uh, we do. We only. We're only allowed to use Google Meet and Google Chat mm-hmm. in our county because we wanted to. They are, you know, administration wants us to stick with what the kids already know. We're trying to, you know, make make it to, uh, as easy as possible, and like I said, be less as less frustrating as possible for sure. the parents and for the students. You know, because we still, unfortunately, you know, um, some of our teachers do have uh, access to Chromebooks in their classroom every day. And you can really tell a difference because those students know how to get on, get on their uh, Google Classroom and go to these uh, links that their teachers provide for them. But then the teachers who don't have the Chromebooks uh, in their classroom every day that just have to borrow, then those are the children that, like, I've actually had to, and and here's the one thing that I love, parents. I'm really having more great conversations with the parents. It may be a broken English conversation and I have to say, lo siento, you know, um, yeah, yeah. Piquito en Espanol, you know, <laughs> but, and, and I have my Chinese students, you know, mom gets on and, and I'm actually kind of teaching them along with the students, you know, so this is, it's really, they're getting uh, 30 minutes of my time um, individually every day, those kids who are getting on every day with me. Whereas before, you know, they were in a group and, you know, and I'm, you know, reaching around to each of them as, you know, getting as much time in with them as I could in a 30 minute slot, you know, as an ESL teacher. Sure. Yeah. And you, I think you're talking about what, again, sort of leading into my my next question, you're talking about some kind of some silver linings here being yes. able to, you know, it, it really has opened a door for people who weren't really or districts or schools for that matter, who weren't doing a lot of family engagement sort of formally. Uh, to to kind of you know make that happen because it has to it has to be a part of it um, and when you're sort of meeting with a kid in their home it's quite frequent that a parent is going to kind of pop in and you make those connections um, so that's great and yeah and before we get into some silver lines the other things that I that I thought were worth sort of mentioning or highlighting in what you just said was um, you know you mentioned how you're using uh, Google Meet you mentioned another tool a uh, Google something I think chat. And, and chat. Google chat yeah 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 so those are your communication tools in your school or your district which I think is great because it, no matter what the tool is if you start telling people hey we're going to use seven things <laughs> it, it can be really overwhelming so like streamlining it and understanding that this is what we're going to use um, I think is crucial because it can get overwhelming and then you know you you talked about the idea of um uh, the teachers who had the Chromebooks sort of knew how to use them pretty well and others who didn't were a little bit behind. That, that really also shines another light on like equity when it comes to PD. Is everyone as prepared as everyone else? Um, how do we make sure that folks who are a little bit reticent to get on technology are able to use it? And I feel like this whole thing is, um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's people who are, who are definitely experiencing challenges using technology now, but they're, they're going to learn. They're going to learn quickly. Uh, so when we come yes. out of this whole thing, it's going to be interesting to see 
sort of what happens, which leads me to my next question. And the last question I have for you, um, what, what, what do you hope, like what positive things are you observing? You've talked about some and what do you hope will continue uh, in the next six to 12 months when hopefully this whole thing is, is, uh, is a distant memory? Well, <clears throat> of course, my biggest hope is that, that we all continue to use this technology component in our daily lessons. If not daily, then, you know, like with the classroom model possibly, uh, or do some assignments, you know, where the students have to have time doing that, uh, using their computers and using Google Chat and, and, and Google Meet, um, and continue the level of, of technology that we're having to use right now, you know, just in case, you know, that this happens again next year, you know. I think that we need to continue to grow. That's what I hope for, you know, uh, for the biggest part. And, and I also would like to say that our district, and I just feel like they have been such great leaders through all of this. They had a plan because they heard about what's going on in Seattle, you know, and so they didn't wait till the very last minute. Right. And so they called it the learn from home model and they were ready to, you know, roll some things out when we actually closed our doors. So I feel, you know, very blessed that, that I was in a district that had that forethought, you know? Yeah, you should. It's not, it's not everyone and not everyone either had the ability or they were equipped to do it. Uh, and it sounds like, you know, you, you, you're in a district where folks were thinking about it before it sort of um, became, okay, we have to do this now. And, and there still wasn't enough time. So I give you and the district a lot of credit for pulling things together quickly. And that's, and that's been the case in a, in a, in a lot of different places. Um, and I think in the end, you know, we'll learn, uh, learn a lot from this and have hopefully structures in place to be able to, um, to deal with something like this, particularly as it pertains to our most vulnerable students, um, if something like this should happen again. But also, uh, as you mentioned, that we have these abilities to kind of blend learning and to take advantage of technology and not just use it for the sake of, hey, we have this thing, but use it for a real um, instructional pedagogical purpose so sure and and on the flip side of that too you know our we're sending buses out every day with food we have mm -hmm. parents that come do the grab and go at the school i mean we're serving thousands of meals um at our in our school district every day to make sure that it, not just at our school now i know they're sending home to the whole family not just the children that are in the home you know right and so i mean they'll come in and get like eight eight to goes, you know, or whatever, but, uh, it's a drive by thing now. So, um, like I said, or some neighborhoods get a bus that comes and drops off uh, the meal every day at 12, between 1230 and 130, I think. So it is, I don't know, it's, it's a lot of people in play. Let's just put it that way. You know, our cafeteria stuff, they're trying to make sure that everybody is still getting a paycheck yeah, the food thing is critical, you know, talking about just basic needs. We've talked to a lot of people about that. You're not getting any education done unless unless families are taken care of. And like, I guess, you know, we could also mention that this is another thing that's that now there's a spotlight on this. Look at all this, the services that schools provide. If you're in a privileged district or you're in a situation where you don't rely on food um, and you're lucky enough to, to, to be in that position uh, from the school, uh, then now you're seeing all of this happening and maybe it's giving people a better understanding of all the services that schools provide, which I think is, is crucially important right now because there are many who just do just through no fault of their own. Don't, don't really understand that. Well, 
Uh, Rochelle, this has been great. Thank you so much for uh, all the work you're doing, and thank you for for bringing up the, the important perspective of uh, of a rural district with with lots of different languages represented, lots of unique challenges. I'm sure there'll be lots of people who can relate and who can uh, learn from a lot of the things that uh, that that you'll do. We will um, highlight some of the resources that you mentioned on our Look for the Helpers video series as well, and people can read more about it in the show notes. So thank you so much for joining us, and uh, I guess it's time for you to get back to work before that vacation comes up. Yes, yes, sir. And so thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. Thanks for listening to Highest Aspirations. If you liked our show, please be sure to join the ELL community at elevationeducation.com slash ELL community, where you'll find all the episodes of Highest Aspirations and other resources to help educators maximize the impact on their English language learners. Also, let us know how we're doing by writing a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts.